wrestle not against flesh and blood. Victory is a goal for every battle. Get set for an empowerment to conquer in the battles of life as you listen to Encounter with the Truth by Pastor Sami. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 9, the verse number 12. He said, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkle the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, pet your conscience, from dead works to serve the living God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The number one priority of God, apart from man, is his kingdom. The number one priority of God, apart from man, is his kingdom. So in his redemption work, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God. After a man gets saved, the next thing God wants that man to put first in his life is God's kingdom. When you get saved, the number one priority God wants you to put in your life is his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. Praise the Lord. You know, any child of God that makes God's kingdom and the number one priority, God also make your interest his number one priority. Praise the Lord. When you make God's kingdom your number one priority, God also make everything about your life his number one priority. Because God's kingdom is his work. Praise the Lord. When God's kingdom, God's work becomes your number one priority, God also makes you, your life, everything about him, his number one priority. Praise the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 9, where we read, the verse 14, please give me the verse 14. He said, how much more? <clears throat> Hebrews 9, 14. 
how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. So Jesus said his blood which is without spot or wrinkle through the work of the spirit for what reason? Look on the screen. He said to purge your conscience from dead works. So that you will do what? You will serve the living God. So the works of the blood purging you is for you to serve the living God. Is for you to serve the living God. We have been saying that you are saved to serve. The blood purifies you. Purges your conscience. So that you have a sound mind. Not to serve your children. Not to serve your husband. Not to serve your wife. Not to serve any secular work, but to serve the living God. Praise the Lord. It's, it's clear that. Is it in your Bible? He said, Page your conscience that you will serve the living God. May God today clear your conscience in service in Jesus' name. May anything that uphold your mind and your life not to give your best to God in this generation, may it be destroyed from your life in Jesus' name. May you not regret. May you not regret when you go to heaven for not serving God well in Jesus' name. May it be that you in this generation you will serve God with your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. He has purged our conscience from dead works that we will serve the living God. May the grace to serve him be released to you in Jesus name. May the grace to serve him be released to you in Jesus name. May the grace to serve him be released to you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Now, anytime a man make God's kingdom or his work his core interest, God also make that man a captain in life. God makes you a captain in life. When he was talking about David, in 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14, he said, but now the kingdom shall not continue. The man who decided not to serve God and his interest, his name is called Saul. And when the prophet was speaking concerning him, he said, from today, your kingdom will not continue. 
May the voice of the Lord not come to you in that manner in Jesus' name. He said, your kingdoms shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be captain over his people. Any man who made God's kingdom, his work, his interest, God make him captain in life. Praise the Lord. May the Lord make you a captain in this generation in Jesus' name. Any field you are found in, may you become a captain in Jesus' name. Any profession you are in, may the Lord make you captain in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. He said the Lord has found for him a man after his own heart. And he has made him captain over his people. Praise the Lord. So when you make God's kingdom, God's work your number one priority, God guard your life and make you a captain in life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, when you look at the genealogy of David, it seemed like David had a different mother from the others. And he had two sisters, Abigail and Zeruiah. So it was David and two sisters. And he was living with his father. But you see that this guy gave his heart and his life to God. Praise the Lord. And God made him a captain. It doesn't matter where you are from. As your heart and your interest go for God. God will raise you and make you a captain. May you become a captain in Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now this morning I'm speaking on the making of disciples. So this is part three. Now there are certain key facts about serving God that this morning I want us to know. In Job chapter 1 verse 8 to 10. The Bible says, and the Lord said unto Satan. Has thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth. A perfect and an upright man. One that feared the Lord. And eschewed evil. And Satan answered the Lord and said. Do Job. The word fear means serve. Do Job serve God for naught. Do Job serve you God for not? Do Job serve you God for not? Do Job serve you God for not? Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands 
and his substance is increased in the land. Praise the Lord. The first key fact this service I want you to understand is that serving God's interests is not a burden. Look, many people when they are doing God's work, it's like a burden. Now I have stopped dealing with people like that. When I begin to see that when it comes we call you and you are trying to, I won't call you again. Because serving God is not a burden. There are many people who are always seeing that as if the work they are doing is a certain burden on them. If you don't do it, drop it. Somebody else will do it. Because serving God's interest on this earth is not a burden. Praise the Lord. I want you to get it right. You know, uh, I want, the way God is dealing with me now, huh? I want people, because God has told me, he's going to raise great men in this church. Huh? Somebody will be a president, and you come, and he's an author. Somebody will be a minister, and you come, and you'll be cleaning toilets. There are many people who, when they are doing something for God, as if, like, except you are worrying them. He has something to do and it's, 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 it's like uh, he, he is stopping that he has to do something for the church, for God. It's the, the devil even knew that serving God is not for naught. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, serving God, does Job serve you for naught? So if you are here and you don't know, I'm telling you that even the devil knows that any work you do for God is not for just doing it. There is a blessing in it for you to know. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? Does Job serve you for now? So serving God's interest is not a burden. But it is the gateway to supernatural order of blessings. It is the gateway to supernatural order of blessings. It is the gateway to supernatural order of blessings. So if you see anything you do for God as a burden, you lose the blessing in it. But when you understand that doing something for God is opening door for me to enter into unmatchable blessings, then you do it with all your heart. Praise the Lord. Please go there, verse 8. He said, Sit. He said, Have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered him? Has thou considered my servant? And look at the grammar. Verse 9. Satan. Then Satan answered the Lord. And said, do Job serve you for naught? And then Satan began to list the things that serving God has brought to Job. 
Job himself didn't even know that what he has was because he was what? Serving God. He thought it was his work he was doing. He thought it was his hard work. He thought it was his experience. So the devil now began to listen to God. This is what Job serving you, you have done for him. Put it there. He said, has not thou made a hedge about him? Has not you, because he's serving you, you have put a hedge over his life? Number two, and about his house, and about that he has on every side. Praise the Lord. You have heard his life. Not because he has security men. Not because he is doing a good work. But because Job is serving you. Number three. And thou hast blessed the work of his hands. If you are sitting there thinking that it's because you. What you are doing. You are going to school. You have certificate. You are, that's why your work is going on. I want you to know that the devil even knows that serving God blesses the work of your hands. Job didn't know that it was because of his service. That is why he was the greatest. We will go there. He didn't know. For, for any ordinary person, Job was a hard-working person. He, he, was, he was putting certain good structures and working hard. That was But the devil knew that all the blessings Job had was because he was serving God. Have you seen it? And his substance is increased in the land. Let's look at his substance. Job chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. He said, there was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was, a pe- was perfect and upright. One that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. You know, the devil said, you are blessed his household. So, these children Job was having, it was just because Job was serving who? God. Go to verse 3. Then he said, his substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,500 yoke of oxen, 500 sea asses and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest. Huh? He didn't say in all days, he said of all men. Some would say all men. You know, most of the time when we are preaching, we say he was the greatest in the east. He didn't say just, he said he was the greatest of all men. Say all. Say all. Say all. All men. Of the east was the greatest. And it, it wasn't because he was a skillful worker or he was an intel. How do I know that? Because the devil explained, he said, He said, Do Job serve you for not? If it wasn't because of Job's service, that is why he got this. The devil wouldn't bring it. Are you here with me? So put it in your heart, in your brain, in your mind. That serving God is not a burden. It's not a... Sometimes when you are talking to people, as if the work they are doing, they are doing for you. They don't have understanding. As if, as if they, 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 are, they are doing it 
to please you. Many believers, when they are even talking as if they are doing their pastor a favor, or they are doing the church a favor, serving God is not a burden. Anytime you see God's work as a burden, stop doing. Stop doing. It is the gateway to supernatural order of blessings. It's a gateway. Any work you are doing for God, you see it as a burden. And, and you are talking, you are murmuring, you are... Don't do. Stop it. Leave it. If you don't do it, it will be done. And no, no, the fact that you don't do doesn't mean the work will not be done. But you won't get the testimony because it is those who do who are rewarded. Praise the Lord. Somebody is blessed. Somebody is blessed. Somebody is blessed. Number two fact I want us to know about serving God. In first, in Job 36 verse 11. He said, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. So the first thing that comes out is that serving God is a choice. If, say if, say if, yes, if, if they obey and serve him, praise the Lord. So make, write this key fact also down. Serving God interest is what gets God committed to your interest. When you serve God's interest, he also gets committed to your interest. When you serve God's interest, look, oh, he said, if you obey me and you serve me, then I, the Lord, you want prosperity. You want to spend your days in pleasures. My condition is that obey me and serve me. And I will also give you prosperity and let you spend your days in pleasures. Is it a fight? Is it, uh, is it, is it something difficult? So if you are ready to serve God's interest, he is also ready to serve your own interest. Are you understanding? If you obey me, you will serve me. You don't need to fight. Don't battle people. Don't argue people at your workplace. I, the Lord, I will make you prosperous. And not only that, you spend your years in places. You will not have sorrows in your life. Everybody says sorrow. Are you getting it? Because we sing it. No sickness, no pain, no sorrows in your presence. 
No sickness, no pain, no sorrows in your presence. There is no sorrow in the presence of God. So why do we go through sorrow? The answer is very simple. We don't obey and serve. We don't obey and what? And serve. We don't obey. So brothers and sisters, let's know these key facts about serving God. It's not a burden. It is a gateway to supernatural blessing. When we serve God's interest, he also gets committed to our interest. May you from today get committed to God's interest in Jesus' name. Now, in we serving God, one of the ways we serve God is to become disciples and make disciples. Praise the Lord. That's one way we serve God. Who is a disciple? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 25. 7, 24 and 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. I will call him my disciple. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth my sayings is that man or that woman who is my disciple. Now, the first definition in this survey, who is a disciple? A disciple is someone who listened faithfully to the instructions of the Lord Jesus and obeyed. Someone who listens faithfully to the instructions of the Lord Jesus Christ and obeyed. I will liken him to a, a wise man. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, he listened to it faithfully. And not just listening to it, but he also obeys it. He is my disciple. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number two, who is a disciple? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. He said, Take my yoke upon me. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lonely in heart. 
and ye shall find rest for your soul. May the Lord give you rest in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord give you rest in the name of Jesus Christ. Every trouble in your soul, may the Lord clear from you in the name of Jesus Christ. Who is a disciple? A disciple is someone who learns from the Lord Jesus Christ. By following his life. Following his ways. Receiving his thoughts. Speaking his words. And walking in his accents. Hear it again. Who is a disciple? A disciple is someone who learns from the Lord Jesus Christ. Come and learn of me. Who learned from the Lord Jesus Christ. By following his life. He follows his ways. He walks in his thoughts. He speaks his words. And he acts in his accents. He is a disciple. Come and learn of me. Come and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. So brothers and sisters, one way we serve God is to become a disciple. Learning of the ways of Christ. Walking in the thoughts of Christ. Speaking the words of the Lord. Walking in the ways of Christ. Living the life Christ lived. That is a disciple. Someone who listens faithfully to the instructions of the Lord. And obey it as it is. He is a disciple of Christ. Praise the Lord. The good news is that. Everyone born of God is ordained as a disciple. Everyone born of God is ordained as a disciple. In Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus said, Jesus came unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. For lo, I am with you always to the very end of age. Every child of God is ordained to go and make disciples. You're ordained to go and preach, teaching, baptizing, and enabling the people by the word of God, encouraging them to observe the thing Jesus said. What does all those things mean? The Great Commission is in two things. Evangelism and making of disciples. Evangelism and making of disciples. 
Praise the Lord. So that's the good news. Every believer is ordained as a disciple. May God help you to be a true disciple. May the grace of God be upon you to be a true disciple. May the power of God be upon you to be a true disciple. May you receive grace to work as a true disciple. Now, how can one be a true disciple? Number one. In Luke chapter 6 verse 40. He said the disciple is not above his master. Everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. How can you be a true disciple? Number one. Be ready to serve the interest of the Lord Jesus. You must be ready to serve the interest of the master. Jesus came to serve the interest of the father. He said, Lo, I come in the volume of the books to do thy will, O God, as it is written about me. He came to do the will of the Father. He came to do the interest of the Father. You as the disciple of Christ also. For you to be a true disciple. You must also make the interest of Christ your number one priority. What Jesus wants. What Jesus has commanded. What Jesus has released for you to do. That should be your number one priority. That is the way you can be a true disciple. I decree grace on you in Jesus name. To make the interest of Christ your number one interest in Jesus name. Number two. How can you be a true disciple? You also need to be ready to forsake. All for the cause of Christ. You must be ready to forsake everything. For the cause of Christ. In Luke 14, 33. Luke 14, 33. So, so likewise. Whosoever he be of you. That forsaken not all that he has cannot be my disciple. Wow. Wow. Hear it again. It says, so likewise, whosoever he be, so it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your position is. It doesn't matter what your sex is or your color. He said, if you are not able to forsake all that you have, you cannot be his disciple. Praise the Lord. For you to be a true disciple, you must be ready to forsake all for the cause of Christ. Sometime for the cause of Christ. You have to forsake things that to you are very
very, 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 very good. Yesterday, I said, that was asking me a question. He said, Daddy, why is it that you, all your brothers and sisters are in Kumasi? Mommy, all her brothers and sisters and all our cousins and what they are all in Kumasi. And we are in Takrat. <laughs> I laugh. Praise the Lord. I didn't answer. Praise the Lord. But it's a good question. Well, when he goes to Kumasi, he knows my, my mother is there, my father is there. And so he was, it's just, it's just a child question, but it's a good question. Is it not a good question? Praise the Lord. You know, if you want to be a true disciple, one thing you need to put in your heart, sometimes you have to forsake children. Look, hear me. It's not only you who have children. It is not only you you are afraid that mosquitoes will bite your children. At least we have had three of them and we are raising them. You know, sometimes when people are talking as if they are very special, they, what they are going through, nobody has gone through it before. It's not you alone that, that have gotten a job. Praise the Lord. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's, it's true. It seems like when they are talking, you, they are, you, 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 you. No, it's not like that. But it's because we want to be true disciples. We forsake some things. We let our mind go off it. And we leave it to the grace of God to take over it. And His grace also do what? Take over. That is the point. That is the point. Don't think that it is only you that uh, your, your own thing is very special. It's not like that. We, we leave it to grace and allow God's grace to take over. Because there is more grace. Some will say more grace. Yes. More grace. More grace. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands for them. How can one be a true disciple? Number three, one who is ready to make the kingdom of God his number one priority. For you to be a true disciple, you have to choose it. This is not a gift. Please hear, hear, hear this point very clear. In Matthew 6, 33, Jesus is commanded and says, seek ye first the kingdom. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. Making God's kingdom your number one priority is not a gift to anybody. It's a choice people make. It's a choice people make. When David went to the camp and the uncircumcised Philistine Goliath was shouting and blaspheming against God. 
Everybody was running away. The king has given command that whoever will fight this guy, this is the reward I will give. But everybody was afraid. David made a choice. He said, I will fight this guy. Who is this person defiling the armies of Israel? I will fight him. He made a choice. How can you be a true disciple? Yes. How can you be a true disciple? By making God's kingdom your number one priority. And that is not a gift. I want to emphasize that is not a gift. It's a choice people make. And it is, in fact, I would say it with every being is the wisest choice any man can make. Praise the Lord. Yes, that's the way you can be a true disciple. One who is ready to make the kingdom of God his number one priority. That when it comes to God and his work, you are ready to give all. You are ready to sacrifice all for the sake of God and his work. Last two weeks I was saying that don't serve God by convenience. Serve God by choice. Let God inconvenience you of so many things. Let God inconvenience your money. Let God inconvenience your sleep. Let God inconvenience your strength. For the sake of God, the number of hours you want to sleep, you cannot sleep. For the sake of God, are you here with me? The, the amount of money you want to spend on yourself, you cannot spend. Let God inconvenience you. That is the way you know that you are prioritizing God in your life. Yes. Praise the Lord. How can one be a true disciple? Number four. Let me just round up. Number four. One who is ready to follow the instructions of the Lord Jesus. Irrespective of the cost. Irrespective of the cost. John 15, 16. Ye have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. And ordained you. That you should go and bring forth fruit. That your fruit will remain. That whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. I will do it. Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. If ye be willing and obedient... Ye shall eat the good of the land. One who is ready to follow the instructions of the Lord Jesus. Irrespective of the cost. Yes. You are ready to follow the instructions of the Lord. Irrespective of the cost. That man, that woman is the person. Who can be a true disciple. Praise the Lord. May God give you grace to follow God's instructions. May his power come upon you to follow him. May his grace be sufficient for you to do his will. 
Somebody receive it now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. What is the work of a true disciple? Every true disciple follow the vision of the Lord Jesus. In Luke chapter 9 verse 1 and 2. So number one work, a true disciple, the work of a true disciple. The disciple followed the vision of the Lord Jesus. Then he called his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staffs, nor scripts, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatever house ye enter in, there abide, and then depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake up the dust from your feet. For a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns. Preaching the gospel. And healing everywhere. What's the vision of the Lord? Go and preach. Someone say go and preach. Yes. Preach. And heal. Work miracles. Praise the Lord. He saw the format. Go to verse 2, verse 3. He said, go to houses. Go to verse 3. Enter houses. When you are going, don't think about what you have or what you don't have. Take nothing for your journey. Take staff. Neither staff. Don't take scrape. Don't take bread. Don't take money. You don't need two dresses. Just have the one you are wearing. And go. He said, go to houses. Enter houses and preach Christ to people. You have shown this there. He said, enter. Speak to people. Praise the Lord. He has said that when you go to a house, move on. You go to a house. You, you are speaking to somebody. And he said, I'm not ready to hear you. Don't fight the person. Leave the person and go to another place. Are you here with me? It's not battle. Jesus wants to talk to you. Are you ready? Say no. Don't fight. Pass him and go to the other. Are you here with me? That is his format. And they went and did that. They preached everywhere. And they healed everywhere. So, what is the work of a disciple? Follow the vision of the Lord Jesus. Preach. Invite people to Christ. Pray for the sick. The disciple is to do that. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands for me. So, let us not lose the core of the work of a disciple. It's in preaching. 
is in teaching. It's in presenting Christ to others. Anywhere others will hear Christ. You have to present it. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? Yes. 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 Praise God. Number two. What is the work of a true disciple? In John chapter 13, verse 15 and 16. 13, 15 and 16. For I have given you an example. That you should do as I have done to you. Verily I say unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Praise the Lord. So what is the work of a true disciple? The true disciple demonstrates what he sees the master do. He demonstrates what he sees the master do. For I have given you an example. That ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. That the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. So what are we to demonstrate? We see serving the people. Someone says serving the people. When you go up in that scripture, Jesus was serving the people. He washed their feet and parted to them grace. He was the one serving them. A true disciple have the heart of serving people. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He have the heart to serve others. He always think Philippians chapter 1, chapter 2, please. Let us read from verse 1 downwards. Philippians chapter 2. He said, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of his love, if any fellowship of his spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Hear me. Here is where I want you to get the work of a disciple. He said, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Do you have any translation, any different translation? Don't do things because you want people to see you or know that it is you that is doing. Don't do things to the people for people to give you the applause. Praise the Lord. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit. Don't do things in challenge as if that you are doing to prove to somebody that me too I am anointed. 
they were saying that I can't do it. I am proving it to them that I can do. Hey, hey, how's that? If you are to prove a point to somebody, you will struggle, my friend. Praise the Lord. Yes. He said, but in loneliness of mind, let us esteem others better than themselves. Esteem others. Anytime as a disciple, rank people higher than you. Some was a rank. Some was a rank. Some was a rank. Rank people better than yourself. The reason why in church, some people are not able to go low to talk to some people. They are not able to go low to speak with some people. Oh, you know me, I'm this, I am that. So uh, they, they are not able to align with others because they don't have this. Consider others as more important than yourself. A true disciple. You have to demonstrate the example of Christ. Are you getting it? And that is what Jesus did. So when you read down from verse 5. Okay, go to verse 4. Let's, let's just read through. Look not every man on his own things. But every man also on the things of others. Don't think about only your interest. Think about the interest of others. Are you here with me? Yes. Think of the interest of others. Don't let any interest be above the interest of God. God's interest will be number one. And others' interest, number two. And your own interest, number three. When it is like that, always your own interest will be met. I'm telling you. When you place God's interest first and you put others' interest number two and you put your own interest number three, you, you will not have interest. Because God will see to it that he will use the number two, the people you are thinking about their interest to meet your own heart interest. But you know, many believers, our problem is that we put our interest first. Maybe others' interest second. God's interest third. I will say that. Because most of us don't love God. I'm telling you. Uh, sometimes I say it everywhere. different. Look. People go to funeral and give monies. Nobody talk. When people come to church and they give money to God, doesn't people talk? When did you hear on any radio station that they are discussing people went to funerals? Huh? And they gave tokens. What radio have you heard people discussing? But let it be the church. Anything God, man don't like. Bonnie Ben Oye. Bonnie Ben. 
you are coming to God. Your uncle came from the village. You like your uncle more than God. If you don't know, I'm telling you. That is it. Because he came from the village. You said you were going to God. And a man came. But to men, there's no problem. He explained it very nice. So ask yourself, what has God done that you don't like him that much? That you like man than God? When it comes to men, it is we first, other men second. We put God third. Yes. We put God third. There is the need to put God's interest first. If you want all your interests to be met, put others' interest second. And then put your own interest third. God will handle every interest of yours. May grace be released to you in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. Nobody find any problem. People giving donations at funerals. Nobody. Go to weddings. People giving things. Nobody. But let it come to church. People come to church and give things. It, it will become uh, because God is the only. He doesn't deserve anything good. God doesn't deserve it. Man deserves. Do you understand? That people who deserve. But God doesn't. That's, that, is the, that is you and me. How corrupt our mind, our body, our system and everything is. And if you are a believer and you don't renew your mind, you will live your life the same way. The same way. May grace be released to us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So a disciple demonstrates what he sees the masters do. And what does the master do? The master put God first, put others second, and put himself third. Let us read down. You will see that. He said, let this man be in you. Which was also Let's read that version. I think it will give us a modern. No, verse 5. Make your attitude that of Christ. Who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his eternal form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Who did he become obedient to? To God. Are you here with me? And then he became a servant to who? Men. Praise the Lord. After he did that, his own interest. Move on. For this reason, God also. Someone say God also. When you put God first, God's interest, and other people's interest second, this will be your next statement. God also will highly exalt you. Your interest, God will exalt it. God also, Jesus never sought his interest. It is God who, who took advantage 
and lifted him. He said, he didn't lift himself. Oh. No man lifted. Look, your lifting is not in a man's hands. Oh. It's in the hands of God. But he will use men. He will use what? Ten years, ten years, ten years, ten years, ten years. My men can't treat me ten years. But on the and What Who put the interest first? Now put interest second. Look, why does it seem like in every generation we have read? Hear me. It is only in our generation that we are seeing unbelievers rank higher than believers. Now, when you are talking about world richest men, and yet a Christ of war, do you know why? It's because of this. We, who every day in the days of Job, who was the greatest? Was he not a righteous person? In the days of John D. Rockefeller, who was the richest? Was he not a righteous person? Why is it that in our days there, it's unbelievers? And sometimes you mention some people's name, they don't even believe in God. It's because of our attitude. It's because of us. It's the path to take for God to bless us. Many people don't take it. Many people. It's not God that changed his ways. In the will of God, there shouldn't be many generations. The richest man on earth being an unbeliever. It's tough to be a believer. But it's because of our ways. It's because of our ways. But it's not late. You can be the one. I can be the one. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? Yes. I can be the one. You can be the one. Praise God. Praise God. The will of God is that in every field of life, the, the highest, the richest will be a believer. When it gets to sports, the richest will be a believer. Entertainment, the richest will be a believer. When it comes to, uh, what do you call it, science, the richest, any field, academia, the highest, the richest will be a believer. But it's not so in our days. It's because of our selfishness. It's because of how we have seen God and we are working with him. Our service is not perfected. But may grace be released to us in Jesus' name. May grace be released to us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So, a disciple demonstrates what he sees the masters do. And what did the master do? He put God first. He put others second and put himself on third. From today, don't ever put your interest first. Put God's interest first. Think about others. Someone say others. William Booth. His last message to his church. Huh? The, what, what is the name? William Booth. Salvation Army. He just sent them a telegram. They were waiting for a long letter. Just one word on the telegram. Others. Someone say others. Say others. 
Say, don't think about yourself. Think about others. When you are eating, think about others. When you are praying, think about others. When you are giving, think about what? Others. If you start to put God first and others second, I, I, I can surely tell you that you never have interest in your own life. The reason why there are a lot of selfishness is because of we. A lot of greed is because of we. A lot of rivalry is because of what? Everybody is thinking about himself, not others. Praise the Lord. May grace be released to us in Jesus' name. As you serve God, what are your blessings? Number one, which I cannot overemphasize, is Job 36 verse 11. When you become a true disciple, by following the vision of Christ, preaching, serving, raising disciples, by demonstrating what God, you see Christ do, by putting God first, other second yourself. What will be your blessings? Number one is prosperity. He said, if they obey and serve him, they suspend their days in prosperity. I've said it. It's never God's will that in every generation, the richest people should be unbelievers. It's not God's will. His will is that it should be Christians. Yes. At least we have seen some in the Bible. Job. He was the, he, he's the first person you talk about. Abraham. Isaac. A whole nation envied him. Job, uh, Genesis 26. Verse 12. Isaac became so great that a whole nation. Then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man was great. And went forward. Are you understanding the grammar? Are you seeing the grammar? The man works, works what? Great. Went what? And grew until he became what? Very great. Move on. For he had possession of flocks, herbs, great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. One man. A whole nation envied him. We have seen it in generations. The righteous people were the greatest. We are in Ghana. When we are talking about rich men in Ghana, how many believers are we talking about? Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. It shouldn't be so. It should be, it should be that uh, in, uh, when we are talking about rich people in Ghana, then we are talking about believers, those who are strong believers. Everybody know their heart. Believers. And they have money. It makes the preaching of the gospel very practicable. Because that is how it is. The reason why it is not so is because of the life of the believers. The way we live our life. Praise the Lord. Number two, blessing. In the days of John D. Rockefeller, there was no man. 
He was the wealthiest, the first multi-billionaire, and the first American. And he was, so when you are preaching with such a testimony, it makes it make God the gospel practicable. Do you understand? Yes. Do you understand? Because that's what the scriptures have said it should be. Why is it that our generation is not like that? It has to be. You are the next God is waiting for. May grace be released on you to be a true disciple. May grace be released on you to be a true disciple. Receive it now. Number two. What blessing is available? I like it. Proverbs 28, 20. He said, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. But he that make haste to be rich shall not be innocent. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. If you become a true disciple, it's clear they say you abound with blessings. With what? You abound. Blessings will be more in your life. Blessings. So what other blessings are available to a, a, a disciple? The blessing of the Lord. 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 Everybody who become a true disciple walk with the blessing of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I don't know what blessing you are looking for, but for me, I'm looking for the blessing of God. Proverbs 10, 22. He said, when you have the blessing of the Lord in your life, you will become rich. You, you, you don't fight for riches. Riches will naturally come to you. He said, the blessing of the Lord. Let us all read it together. The blessing of the Lord. Let us go. It maketh what? And look at what he had. He said, and he added no hot sorrow to it. So you want to be rich. The way it's clear there, it says the blessing of the Lord make rich. And one way the blessing of God come upon a man is the man become a disciple, a faithful man who abound in blessing. Proverbs 28, 20. Be a faithful man. Walk with God faithfully. Yes. Yes. I want an enduring blessing. Praise the Lord. Are you here with me? I want riches that will stay. I don't want riches today and tomorrow poor. Praise the Lord. It added no soul. So I pray that the grace for everyone here to be a true disciple may be released on you. This year, as God is moving you and me, may our life be truly be de dedicated to God in Jesus' name. May we walk 
holily, justly, unblameably, in his will, in the name of Jesus Christ. Please be on your feet. You are here this morning and you want Jesus in your life. Somebody here needs to give his life to Jesus. Something might change in your life. You need that Jesus. I want to pray with you. You want to say Jesus will become your Lord and Savior. Lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You want to say I need Jesus. If I die today, I cannot make it to heaven because my life is not right. Lift your right hand and I'll pray with you. In somebody's life. Say Father, I thank you that you died on the cross. For me, today, I ask you, come into my life. Become my Lord and Savior. From today, I will follow you and serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. that you have been blessed by the word of God. We would love to have you worship with us at Conquest Global Ministries, Kakrade, or call us on 0243-287-958 or 0246-111-278. You are blessed.